This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. I'm concerned about future changes to superannuation rules. Has anyone ever heard a client make that comment when talking about implementing superannuation growth strategies? The standard response would normally be along the lines of, we can't guarantee there won't be changes into the future. And sometimes he might have added the comment such as, but generally changes are future focused and don't have a backward looking focus. But with the changes the government has announced about taxing super accounts in excess of $3 million, has this now all changed? Hello, I'm Brian Ashenden and I have the pleasure of leading the BT Technical Services team, a group of qualified individuals who are able to answer any technical advice strategy queries you may have for your clients. In today's podcast, I want to talk about a strategy that has been discussed to potentially reduce the impact of this new super taxing arrangement, and that is the recontribution strategy, or at least a variation on that. Now, prior to the substantial changes to the superannuation system that took effect from the 1st of July 2007, the use of recontribution strategies was quite common, with super payments in retirement being taxable, the use of a recontribution strategy was common with the effect of increasing the undeducted component, as it was then called, making future retirement strategies more effective. But with super withdrawals becoming tax-effective after that, the use of the recontribution strategy has become less prevalent, perhaps other than for tax-effective state of planning purposes. Of course, with any strategy that has the potential to reduce tax as a primary objective, consideration of the potential application of the anti-avoidance provisions in Part 4A of the Income Tax Assessment Act was a relevant consideration at the time. Now, the Australian Taxation Office made some announcements back in 2004 that gave many the comfort that a recontribution strategy would not fall foul of Part 4A. In August of that year, the ATO released a media release indicating that the general anti-avoidance provisions would not apply first, where a person withdraws from their superannuation fund and then recontributes the same or a similar amount back to superannuation, whether it is to the same fund or a different fund, including a fund for their spouse. Or secondly, where a person makes a large undeducted contribution, or in today's term, a non-concessional contribution, to a super fund prior to receiving a withdrawal from that fund. Now, it's the comments from the ATO about a re-contribution to a spouse's account that is perhaps most relevant when considering opportunities under the proposed taxation of account balances over $3 million. In situations where you have a couple as your clients, with one client having a significantly higher super balance than the other, and that client with the higher balance having access to their super benefits, a recontribution strategy aimed at evening out account balances may be worth consideration. Doing so may either bring that individual with the higher account balance below the $3 million threshold, or at least reduce the impact of the new tax. Of course, this needs to be balanced by the impact of potential loss of access to those benefits for a period of time. For example, if the client with the lower account balance has not yet met a condition of release. Now, if this is something you are considering for your clients, there are a couple of other considerations to think about. The first of these is when should you take action? Normally, the answer to this would be do it as soon as possible, particularly if you wanted to take advantage of the bring forward rules for the recontribution. Now, again, Pre-July 2007, there was no limit on the amount of the undeducted contribution you could make. Today, we're now limited by the non-concessional cap of $110,000 per annum, or $330,000 under the three-year bring forward provision. With these new rules not kicking in until the 1st of July 2025 under the proposal as is currently stated, 
and essentially having no real impact until after 30 June 2026, when the first calculation for the new tax, by comparing the opening and closing balances with some adjustments, takes place. It might feel like there are three financial years to implement the strategy, but that might not be quite the case. If any recontribution to a partner's account was to occur in the year ending 30 June 2026, it would not help for that year, as the difference between the opening and closing balances is adjusted upwards for withdrawals, the first step in a recontribution. As the money ends up in another person's account, you don't get an adjustment for the contribution, which you would normally get to essentially net out the impact, if it was recontributed to the same person's account. So clearly, action before the 1st of July 2025 might be an important first consideration. Now, whether or not you should do it in this financial year is debatable. We don't actually have legislation to implement the new tax yet, and this may not be in place until sometime perhaps in 2024. So implementing a strategy around unenacted law could be problematic, as is the fact that the rules could be different when the legislation is finalised. Of course, delaying could also be problematic, as you could miss out on an opportunity to implement an extra year of contribution. There's also the question of how much. There might be an option to do an annual recontribution amount this year of up to 110000 and use the three-year bring forward next financial year, especially given the potential for the non-concessional contribution threshold to index next financial year. The other issue to be aware of in any recontribution strategy is at the first stage is the payment of a benefit out to a member. A journal entry isn't sufficient. The use of promissory notes as a form of payment and then endorsed back for the recontribution itself has been discussed in the past and can work. But the key is that the promissory note would need to be able to be met with an actual payment if called upon, which means there needs to be sufficient cash available to meet that demand for payment, which then in turn really means you'd need to sell assets to ensure the cash is available rather than hoping to just in-specie transfer assets within the super fund environment between pension and accumulation or from one member to another. Now, this is an issue that we probably need to be even more conscious of when it comes to self-managed super clients. And for completeness, as I noted earlier, the other reason that recontribution strategies are still implemented today is for future estate planning tax efficiencies. The questions of Part 4A tax avoidance for these strategies was also discussed by the ATO in an old superannuation technical subcommittee meeting held back on the 5th of June 2007. And in that meeting, the ATO commented that it is unlikely the Commissioner would apply Part 4A to a recontribution arrangement, given that a key policy thrust of the simpler super amendments at that time was to provide individuals with greater concessions and more flexibility to manage their superannuation in retirement. Now, the key message out of all of this is that recontribution strategies still have merit. But it is always important to be aware of the requirements to ensure that they are implemented correctly to gain the intended effect. Now, remember, if you have any strategy related questions for your clients, you can call the BT Technical Services team on 1800 655 901 or send us an email at technical at btfinancialgroup.com. And join us for our fortnightly BT Academy webinars where we discuss all things technical and regulatory. Our next session is scheduled for midday Australian Eastern Time on Wednesday the 2nd of August 2023 when Michael Tran from our BT Technical Services team will be presenting on Social Security Indexation and Special Disability Trusts. With some Social Security thresholds having indexed from the 1st of July, this session will analyse these changes as well as touch on some developments on the horizon. Separately, the session will also review the means test concessions provided to special disability trusts, 
a trust that is established to provide for the care and accommodation needs for a beneficiary with a severe disability. To register for that session, head to www.bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy webinar series. And you can also watch our previous webinars on demand and all sessions are accredited for CPD points. Well, thanks for joining me today. And until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows, and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory and industry news. This podcast is being developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs.